Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. I love that. Every time, so not every time, welcome to Ticket to Game Edge. We're off and running. Uh, the robots are talking to us again. I don't know. You know what? You know what's funny is uh, you've heard this saying before. Um, the robots are going to take over one day, right? You've heard people say that. Yeah. Um, people have that totally wrong because the robots have already won. You walk into any room, in any building, in anywhere, people are interacting with a robot, just like you and I are right now. We're interacting with one another, but let's be honest. We're talking to each other through a robot. Whoever's listening to this, grandma, grandpa, are listening to us through their robots. Yes, even the grandmas and grandpas nowadays have robots. We've actually had robots a long time, but people are just now finally starting to get it. Um, Some people believe that Mike Gordon is a robot, but... I don't. Cactus. Cactus. Yeah. yeah. What I would you that. call? What would you call a half plant, half robot? Because it's not android. A half plant, half robot. Up. It's a. It's a. Are you ready for this? Yeah. It's a. It's a plantroid. Oh. <laughs> it might be the worst joke I've ever come up with. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. Look at the um, surprise on my face when you said that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited to watch the cactus tonight, but we'll get into that in a little bit because you probably won't watch that until Thursday night. That's right. You just made my day. You forgot? That's amazing. I forgot. Or as my oldest daughter, who's still uh, grappling with the English language, would say, you forgot it? I forgot it. He heard it. <laughs> Our Betty says that too. Yeah. He heard it. He me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do they hear that shit? Anyway, um, so yeah, maybe we'll jump in and talk about that uh, uh, real quick, and then we'll get into our, uh, I guess, our main topic. But yeah, seven twenty four ninety three is tonight. Oh, so good tonight. Um, quite a few things I'm excited for. Number one, I'm really truly going in blind. I don't know jack about this show, other than the venue, pretty big for this era of fish. Right. Yep. Right. When I one of the things I did just just not too long ago was I took a look at that tour, the 93 summer tour and its sort of trajectory. I just kind of breezed through re-listen and I was looking at the ratings of all the shows. And in the first half of the tour, it's the strongest rated show. But the second half of that tour, as I progressed through 93, um, uh, the ratings go up. Very interesting time for the band, too. They 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 really changed their sound from beginning to end of 93. Evidently, this is the time where how they practice and what they practice really, really changed. Uh, the focus on type two jamming really became more evident during that time. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really excited for tonight to watch it. So I don't, and, and the show's not on Live Fish. I mean, I think the only previously released recordings of it are like re-listen taper shows. So yeah, any thoughts? You just excited too? I'm just pumped, man. You totally made my day. I totally forgot. Um, and the same. I, I I love having the visuals. I think it's so much better being able to see the boys. Mm-hmm. Even like the camera quality is not always the best. It's one shot, you know, panning in and out. But I don't know, man. There's something to be said about watching them do their thing. It's so awesome. 
Yeah. And I guess, you know, last week we were, we were, I guess, talking about Jenner and a movie and speculating whether or not this was it. Are we nearing the end with the tour uh, getting underway in a couple of months? Um, and just reading the language in the post, it kind of reads as though this, this is just another episode and there could be more to come. Um, I, read, I read it the same way. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think more and more of the fans are going to be scrutinizing those types of messages to kind of find out, to indicate. And I, you know, let's be honest, I, I, I think, although they keep us guessing on a lot of things, they're very clear in the direction and the message, I think, if and when it's over, they'll let us know if and when it's over. You know, I don't think it's the type of thing that'll fizzle out and just randomly disappear. Again, you know, we chatted about it last week. I just don't see the downsides to bringing more attention to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like it's just sitting there archived. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they have plenty of it to release it without with still being able to, to make money off it on, on the end if they want. But like, yeah. you know, let's be, my understanding of the music business is you make the most amount of money when you're on tour. Mm-hmm. So if this like helps people get to know the band and then want to go on tour and see the shows, like that's just a, that's just a, a gateway, you know, that's a, it's a gateway market. Yep. Marketing, right? I'm going to make a bold prediction. Yeah, let's hear it. Well, prediction, one of the shows this summer will be offered up for free to everybody to stream online. Oh, for sure. I don't think oh, that's... That's not bold? That's just... That's just yeah, bold. I don't think that's bold. I think that's... I think they, that's, have they done that in the past? No, that just makes sense to me. That just makes sense to me. Maybe they, maybe they tie it into a charity type thing, right? So that yeah. there is uh, more of a purpose behind it other than just, you know, hey, this is, this is us. But... Um, yeah, yeah. We have to make sure that we uh, plan some things out and get together for those. Well, we have the plan. The plan is we're couch touring. Right. Right, but it would be nice to like actually get together in the same yeah. place a couple of times. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, it's not hard. We're close. No, we're not that far. We're not that far. Well, 40 minutes is nothing, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah so really excited for that tonight i reckon i'll get through the whole thing that's my goal um i've been off for a few days so i've been getting up later and staying up later so i think i can make it um and yeah i i would anticipate some really really good vhs quality recording but uh as, long as, as long as the audio is good you know Oh, whoever, whoever mixes, whoever mixes these things. And I don't look, this is more like your area. I'd like to look at who like the engineer and the producer and the mixer are, but like they do a fantastic job. Well, their live mixer right up until the end of 2.0 was Langadoc himself. So, um, you know, whether they took his master from the show and then, you know, remix it from there, I'm not entirely sure. Perhaps a little bit of touching up with some more state-of-the-art technology perhaps, but. I wonder, I wonder what, the the thought at the time was like now it's nice to have all these masters available but i wonder why they were recording at the time that they were recording i wonder if it was to have it or if there was some or if the guys wanted to listen to it after to see like how they played i wonder what the thinking of it at the time was yeah that's a good question i mean there's a lot of artists that obviously do that you know the dead comes to mind which by the way i have listened to a couple more of their shows and really really enjoying that nice little departure from fish but um in the same realm in some senses i suppose but yeah really really group it to that anyway uh but you know it's really highly documented with with zappa and how anal retentive he was with his recordings the dead of course dave has recorded stuff since pretty much day one um 
I know one of Dave's takes on it was uh, they always kind of knew that they were growing their audience through live music. Yeah. And through that, and with the unpredictability of set lists and the way that they would structure their shows, similar to Fish, although different, but similar in that sense, um, there were shows that were a surprise to everybody and they wanted to be able to capture those, but they never knew when they were going to happen because they happened organically. Therefore, if you record them all, you'll capture those special ones that happen. And those were the ones that would get released because when a band like that would sign a record deal, right, depending on the deal itself, it might include live albums. It might just include total releases and releasing live albums was a way to sort of fill your quota. Right. So it could be some of that. Um, it could be for personal reflection and hey, we want to be able to listen back to ourselves. Um, they're obviously aware that the fans were doing it and there was a hunger and an appetite for it. Right. Because yeah. they're bringing all their own taping equipment to the shows. And that was what really helped them organically spread, similar to Dave and the Dead and countless other bands. So I'm sure it's all kind of mixed in with that. Um, I'm asking too because you know, knowing the type of, at least from what I've heard, I'm speaking like I know this person, but um, hearing the type of individual that Paul Languedoc is, mm. you know, he sounds like somebody who, you know, has a lot of, and I'm using this in quotations because I don't feel this way, but like a lot of like odd intricacies. Oh. And it seems like he's the type of person who, if you were to put in charge of something like sound, he would throw all of his energy and effort at it yeah. to get yeah. it to the best possible quality mm -hmm. which require recording and listening mm -hmm. well everything that i've that i've read or heard about paul langadoc aligns with that the the level of detail and pride and precision he brought or and brings to just about everything he does that, that at least that i'm aware of i mean i don't know him but you know I remember listening in various podcasts talking about how he demanded or not demanded, but made sure the road crew and everything they did was to the best of their ability that he wanted the fish crew to be known from venue to venue. Cause these guys have their main crew. Then they go to say, you know, SPAC and the SPAC crew jumps in and helps them set up all the rigs. They have to work together with these guys from place to place to place. And he wanted to make sure that they were the best road crew, the most efficient, the most, you know, on top of everything that the quality of their shows and the sound, was great and all of that stuff and then look at the way he builds his guitars i mean you can you can see we we, we talked about it months ago when funny enough we're going to get to hear it soon uh uh the new the new 4.0 koa langadoc guitar uh, that uh, trey has so you know it's it's uh and part of me thinks too that a guy like that would be investing in his own development within that realm know what type of equipment is available and because of that, maybe have the ability and the foresight to kind of see where tech is going or was going. If you think about one of the things that I bring up with Fish, when people kind of, when I, I kind of inadvertently bring them up in conversation, maybe advertently, uh, one of the things that I kind of toss at them that always impresses them about Fish is that Fish was really the first to market streaming music platform. Yeah. No, like, like and they were years before the main guys that are you know have really taken over all of our phones you know spotify wasn't even uh, apple music wasn't the ipod wasn't even really a huge thing yet when they did that when they came back for 2.0 you're able to get every show from then on through your computer you could stream it you could download it sync it to an mp3 player listen to it on the go and then it's evolved into the convenience we have now you tap and listen to like i'm listening to super Bowl right now and it's just fucking awesome 
you know so yes it, it really it, is. it's 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 maybe may, maybe there was the foresight there that clearly our fans have an appetite for our live shows so why wouldn't we keep all this and you know it's uh i'm just incredibly happy that it has happened the way that it's happened <laughs> you know it's uh and i'm sure there's a ton of bands that look back and go damn it why weren't we doing that why didn't we uh understand that part of the music business better i actually don't i actually don't think that at all oh really i don't think there's when you look at the amount of bands you know the formula has been pretty clear on how you get popular you uh you write a hit song you get a big record contract you know and you get played on the radio and essentially we don't want to do the work we just want to be the artists you know and then i mean there are lots of bands that are diy but like you know these guys have just done it to the next level mm-hmm. well it's just like and maybe this is maybe this is going to require some research in another episode but what are the bad decisions that fish has made what are the bad business decisions is it breaking up? Is it not? I don't know. But they've done a lot of things really, really, really well. But every business, every group, every team, they're not perfect. They make bad choices. What do you think some of those might be? Well, I don't know. You'd have to define what a bad choice is. Okay. Well, right? yeah. Right? Because I don't know, man, for me, because I'm in business, right? It's never it's never a bad choice if you learn something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right like does it like do you measure by profit do you measure by like what's your what's your standard of, of of how you're gonna measure right because i mean when it comes down to like making music and having fun you know it, it's kind of you know you got to be really clear on what you're trying to get out of all these things and once you understand the metrics that you're trying to hit then i mean the decisions become a lot easier to make i'm sure not every decision has been financially astute or maybe, maybe, you know, maybe that was one of those ones where they're like, well, we, we just feel like it should be this way. And then long term, it ends up being like a really smart decision. Yeah. But like getting started in, in music, like learning how to play a song like a million different ways and, and spending the hours learning how to improvise. Like, I think we forget, you know, how different and how unique that was. Like when you first hear that and when you first hear this band play, you're just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know, and it's and it's led to, you know, much like the dead, because I mean Fish was not the first band that started playing original shows, but like it's led to the same type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, just a quick little sidebar. Um we've talked many, many times about how Fish has trained us to listen to music differently, right? And every night when we're putting our daughters to bed, we we brush their teeth and we usually play a one or two minute video to keep their attention while we brush their teeth. And now they're starting to brush their own teeth. And Megan found this little, it's like a, it's like a one and a half minute Netflix video montage, but the song that plays in it goes from the kind of like an upbeat, like, and then quickly sort of changes and segues into a much more slower paced, almost like a reggae style of a beat, and then back into a faster beat. And the first couple times we listened to it, I just went along with it. And it didn't bother me. It was just kind of like, oh, this is interesting. It just seemed different. And I kind of liked it because of that. Yeah. But, but it threw Megan off. She was like, she was like, oh, is this so weird how they, she kind of called it out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Bad business decisions, good business decisions. They're, they're, in a, they're in a really, really good place. And obviously more good than bad. And, and you're right. I mean, every, you know, 
in a band when you're when your business is built around creativity the types of metrics and the types of things that you would have and what you would measure by in some cases could be immeasurable because look at even how the music is gone right stuff is stuff they did in 93 is going to hit somebody new tonight and bring them in in a different way right and and, and that wasn't the goal on that July evening in 1993 that they're going to get somebody on a computer screen in 2021, but it's how it's going to go for them because they've been able to sustain and stay around through good business. Again, you know, I, I think it comes, I think it comes back to a lot of that, you know, you look at the decisions and, and, and the recordings and the stuff that like other, like I was watching, uh, do you know who Rick Beato is? Rick Beato, yeah. So not a, not very very well. We watched uh, we we recommended the YouTube video that he did when he broke down the December version of Waste, if I'm not mistaken. Right. right. Yes. Yes. Right? So it's yeah, he's a producer, session player guy, right? Has a YouTube channel. Yep. Seems like a really nice man. He does this thing where he listens to like you know the top ten playlists on Spotify. He'll do like pop music and rock music, and he'll listen and then you know he'll just like comment on like where the bands are at like he knows a lot of the musicians he's he's recorded with some of them and and, and mm. stuff like that and mm. can't remember if it was him or somebody else talking about like the black album you know for metallica and how like that was like metallica's foray into like stadium rock yeah you know like well, popular like front page of magazines and you know they, they were everywhere they were so ubiquitous yeah Right. So like, that's the thing, right? So now you, I think when it comes to a decision like that, you know, to write the black album, I think, you know, I think you're, it's, it would seem like, and again, forgive me, cause I don't know all the, the details. It would seem like your trajectory and what's important to you as a band creatively, like creatively has changed to make that type of a decision. Mm-hmm. You know, but with fish, it seems like since day one, all of the big vision things have always been the same and have always been in place. And when they've lost their way from that, right? Like when Trey jokes about like, oh, we had, you know, we were busy playing rock star and we forgot, you know, like we were in this to make music and to have fun. I think that would be, you know, again, was it bad? Probably at the time when you think the band's going to break up. But like looking back, you know, you have to have that moment because then you remember and you strengthen what's actually important to you, right? Where you look at like Metallica, like after the Black Album, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, you guys are popular, but I don't know. I didn't love anything that came. I didn't love the Black Album or anything that came after the Black Album. So, you know, just a hardcore kid that grew up with you saying that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I and I think they've been able to tour off of the success of that era you know, probably better than any other band. They have obviously their fans and they've come out with a lot of new music since then, but nothing. That's, that's a peak that you can't get back to. I mean, I mean, that's, that's, I don't know of another rock band that reached that level of world fame, like that tour to support that album went on for something like two or three years. Like it was just relentless. And yeah, their sound never has really gone back to, the albums that built up to that nor should it no right? like, i guess not but i'm just saying um, I, think the, I think the vision changed mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. whereas with bands like fish and the dead and you know dave matthews and and the bands that played because they love the music i don't think the vision's ever changed is what i'm saying right i think, I think you're basing you know because I'm, I'm already trying to think of like standards based on what would you classify as a bad decision i think you might be able to classify changing your band sound as a bad decision 
if it doesn't make the band well yeah i mean if it makes the band less successful or well if you're trying to pursue that right because now the, the the hard part is now if you're changing your sound because you're trying to pander like this is where people get called sellouts right because yeah, they're course. trying to pander yeah. to what's popular right if you change your sound because you because you want to change your sound good for you man respect right but if you're changing your sound because you're trying to like stay in with the cool crowd you know now you yeah. start now now you're in sellout territory man right right yeah okay i get what you're saying wasn't wasn't Green Day accused of doing that early on? I think so. Like when they broke with Dookie and kind of went from there. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. What about Chili Peppers? Haven't they gone down that path too? Like early on, probably. But I guess you know, like in order to make it as a band, like you have to go from a small scene to a big scene. Like you're you're gonna grow. So I wonder if it's just based on that. I don't know enough about their history, but I know. Uh, I don't know. Hey, what do you think about that whole adage of like, I only like their old stuff. Uh, just the whole, the way people think about music in general or how people react when their favorite band gets too big. What do you think about that? So if it's because a band got too big for doing what they did really well, I think you're being an idiot. Yeah. yeah. Right? If a band gets big because they've changed their sound or they've sold out, I get that. I think a lot of the ways that we remember music is we remember the emotions that came along when we first heard it. So we have to be really careful when we're listening to new stuff. We're not the same people, yeah. right? That like listened like once upon a time. I think this is what people do with fish all the time. You know, everyone's pining for the 1.0 days, but you know, they're not single individuals trying to conquer the world. Like they've changed, they're writing different music and we're in different places. Like we're not college kids going on tour now, you know, all summer yeah. with like jobs that we can easily quit. Like there's like serious responsibilities. So I think things have moved on. So I don't know, man, I think you have to be really careful how, you know, how you, what you're phrasing it and what your standards are for liking their old stuff versus they're still awesome. Sure. Okay. I think that's fair. It's a good point. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a good way to phrase it up. It's just it, like a lot of things in that realm, it's a difficult thing to quantify, right? What, sure. Right. So um, something that's a little bit easier, maybe not easier to quantify, but something we're exploring is TS BTS, the show before the show. So we we all we all very are well aware of eleven seventeen ninety seven aka Live Fish eleven, um, very popular release. But we uh, uh, it was recommended uh, by Dr. K for me to listen to eleven sixteen ninety seven night one of Mid of McNichols Arena in Denver back in ninety seven. And you wanted to speak specifically about the second set. The second set, a five song set, ugh, dirty. It's really really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. And just to, to quickly kind of come back to last week, I briefly brought up that I uh, made a playlist of the originals of a lot of Fish's popular cover songs that they play. And uh, uh, Timber, AKA Jerry the Mule, uh, the original version is is it's very, very different from Fish. Um, and for those of you that I'm sure you all know it, but it's just a really good example of the musicianship that this band can bring to a song and really, you know, it kind of make it their own, but still really stay really true to the original. It's evident it's the same song, but it's evident it's Fish doing it. So um, really great version of Timber. 
love that. I, I that that's a song that's been growing on me a lot in the time I've been really, you know, back on the train in the past couple of years. So here's here's my bold statement. I think that that timber is one of the most important timbers that Fish has ever played in their whole career. And here's why. I'm listening to the Fish Takes Over America tour, mm-hmm. which gets kicked off on my birthday, November the 13th, or, uh, you know, 97. And uh, yeah, the, you know, the first shows are good. The first shows are good. I listened to the first set of that show that I recommended and it was good. And then they played Timber and I'm like, this is kind of a lifeless timber i'm like i'm not impressed i'm not impressed i wasn't impressed and then they drop the by the way i have a question don't let me forget to come back and ask you this question okay they drop timber and then they transition into a frankie says teens yeah and then they drop into simple and not only is the rest of the fucking goddamn show power but the rest of the tour explodes from there because the next night you have the famous one and then the night after, and then the night after, I'm like, this, I want to stab a knife into my eyeball. It's ridiculous. And it all started, that's the moment that it started. Yeah. Okay. What's your question? I question okay, great. My question is, this is a little bit off topic, but when does a tease uh-huh. become more of a tease and they played the song? I think that's a, I think it's a good question. And, and, and I think I have an answer. Oh, enlighten me. Well, okay, I'm already backtracking on my criteria. What I was just about to say was when more than one of the band members jumps in and plays along, but that, but, but that's not true because they'll stay within the framework of a song, take the riff for you know four bars, eight bars, and then back into it. So would have, at that show specifically, I would have said like when I looked because I didn't look at the playlist till after. It says timber, and then it says simple. I'm like, no, 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 no. it should say timber. Um, yeah. Uh, Frankie says, and then simple. I think I think this is one of those arguable debates. It's something that I've been kind of thinking about in the background to bring up for a while that I haven't, and not that it's a big deal because really, what are we really arguing about? Um, um, but uh, one of the things a lot of fans take a lot of pride in in their favorite versions of songs is the length, right? It's a it's a classic compensation thing, quality versus quantity. And uh, one of the things that I've noticed in the early 3.0 track listings and a lot of the shows that i'm listening to is there's just a track that's called mansfield jam or whatever jam but in the later 3.0 shows you don't see that those jams are lumped in in the track listing with the same song so i think to answer your question i think part of it it comes down to who is the person who's writing that and putting that down that could ultimately come down to the original person whose taper version we all listen to through that through that app or god or whatever and the notes that they put in there. If they decided to write Frankie Says, I'll bet you it would just be in the track listing. Now, um, it could be a David Steinberg thing. I don't know, you know who David Steinberg is, da- Data? Yeah. I don't know, he's sort of the, the sort of guy that people would defer to on stuff like that, but really, and that's what kind of makes Fish fun to talk about is this sort of stuff, right? It's so nerdy, it's so, but hey, you know, that's cool. Either, either way, going back to it, that is like the moment and yeah. then after that, it's like, no looking back, man. The rocket ship has taken off. We are taking over America. Okay, so to, to, to back it up a couple steps, you texted me, what, yesterday and, and previewed this part of this topic you wanted to talk about. And you didn't tell me why it was so important. 
but I hadn't listened to it yet. So I went into it knowing that you were thinking that. So then of course I'm listening to it going, what is it? Like, what is it that's in this? What is so good about it? And when I heard the transition, I figured, okay, that was part of it. And I just happened to find the perfect meme to send you too. It just was, uh, <laughs> I love that one. I love that but, one yeah, yeah. Just like the slow delayed reaction, what is happening here? And then what? Um, uh, it, and anyway, but when I was listening to the Timber Jam, I was going, okay, what is it about this? And one of the things that I thought of was, Around that time, Trey was doing a lot of that, and I don't know what to call it, that sound, that Yeah, and I, you know, that that sort of fed through a lot of that set, and I wondered if that had anything to do with it or what, but if it, yeah, so maybe you're encouraging me to go back and listen to that tour. I listened to a lot of the shows from that tour, but not all of them, not in a row like that. Here's a question, if you're going through that tour, not all the shows are on the app. For, are you listening to all of them on taper versions or are you going to the better version when you get to that in order on the app? I'm just going to, I'm listening to every show, whether it's not the best quality, doesn't matter. I need to hear like the actual show now. Okay, but like, so 11, 17, 97 is on. Yeah, listen to the app. I'll listen to the official. Okay, app. you're not gonna listen to the taper version of it. No. I wonder if you get a different, uh, have to say i guess it's the same music but i've listened i've listened to 11 17 so much um yeah. in my life it's probably one of the shows that i've listened to the most because it was available for us right and it was one of the first shows like that show was crazy man that's an all-time ghost um yeah. and i think the first that is so good i think the first that is so good that it 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 uh the second set is amazing. The Denver Jam is awesome, and you enjoy myself is so awesome. It's underrated. Like the second set just kind of goes unnoticed. Mm. Mm. So good. Something in the air in Colorado, right? Those guys have a special place in their heart for it. So I don't know what happened, man, but it was almost like they made that decision when Simple started, and then they were like, "Fuck it, now's the time." Like we're good, we're good, mm. you know. Well, I think, you know, it, there's even a comment about this this morning that I was reading on Reddit about just sort of predictions for the tour and hopes and that sort of thing. And there's a lot of those right now. Um, right. People are excited and or are pissed off. They didn't get tickets and go into plan B. And, um, it's all part of the game, I guess. But uh, um, damn it, I just lost my train of thought. What was I about to talk about? You're talking about people posting about the hopes for the tour. Yeah, and just, yeah, about how, you know, the typical uh, evolution of a tour is the first few shows is kind of get the, you know, like get the rust out and get grooving. And by show four, five, six, you, you really get into it. And let's be honest, the fall tour, like, I'm so excited for that. That's going to be fire. Dude, they're doing 13 shows over 16 days. That's what they did for Baker's Dozen. I know. That's like... October is going to be, I almost want to take two weeks of vacation in October just to every night be able to watch that. It's, um, yeah, that's going to be fire. And they're going to be, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. Um, and that's going to be a really exciting month. A lot of hype, a lot of hype for the Halloween shows. Can we just like, as we're, you know, because I know that there's probably not that much left to talk about, but can we just talk about like the health of these guys to want to pull off something like that? I was thinking about that too. Uh, to, to be honest, that's, you know, and, and to compare it to Baker's Dozen, A, nearly four years ago, B, that was in the same venue every night, no travel, not having to go oh, from place yeah, to place and set up. Set up, exactly. Right? Like, that's that's a pretty big undertaking. So, yeah, I know um, wellness is a, is a key important thing with the band, so hopefully 
And I'm sure it's going to be awesome. But I wonder if we'll have to make some concessions or some changes or if we'll see any. I wonder. I wonder. I don't know, man. I think it's going to be pretty standard fare. You know, I think people are just going to be super excited that it's back. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Like all of us. So, yeah, the only other thing I had on here, and it's really nothing in particular, is I'm listening to Super Bowl. Um, and anytime I listen to a festival, it really, really puts me in a good mood. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, nothing really crazy, crazy special for me. I'm on day two. 45 tracks on day two, right? Because they do the bonus set and everything else. Like, it's like, it's, imagine one like just one full day of that much fish let alone three days oh i can't imagine i i wouldn't be at all surprised if they do a festival next year right what's that neither would i yeah what was the last one they did 28 well, they had uh they had that one what was, was scheduled it scheduled and canceled it was 2018 yeah i think it was what 20 magna ball right 2015 because so. they didn't baker's dozen sort of compensated a little bit in terms of the amount of music but like not a really a dedicated go to the middle of nowhere and set up a circus you know i think i think going to baker's dozen would, would have been awesome i love new york city i could have easily spent a month and a half yeah in new york city yeah yeah i wonder apart from like vips and people that are in with the band if there's really anybody that was able to get tickets to all 13 nights and see them all i'm sure there's a small handful of people but boy, those were tough tickets to get yeah yeah anyway but on to uh uh really really good stuff that's coming up so any new recommendations for for, for the next week or you're just going to keep plowing through fall of 97 i'm taking over america what about you i'm still continuing in 2011 but um um yeah, I'm listening to the dead a little bit more. I uh, just, uh, you know, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I've been getting a little bit myopic and um, wanted to change it up a little bit. <laughs> Not that I'm going too far away, but. Are you uh, listening on, are you listening on Spotify or are you going through like tours and shows? No, I've got Apple Music going. So I've just picked some, like I've, I've listened to, I listened to Cornell again. I listened to Red Rocks, uh, yep. 78, I want to say it was. Listen to uh, Europe Volume what was that one that I sent you? Volume one or volume six? Not well, volume one. Volume one was the official release. Yeah. Tapes that they had that they never put out. Yeah. But now that like you have Spotify, you can put out new music constantly, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't do Spotify. We do Apple Music, which I'm finding really not that great. Like Apple Music's just, just I don't know. It's just what okay. Yeah. What what makes you say? Because like people are like, I don't like Spotify, I don't like Apple. Like what that's a what, good question. Well, I think it all comes down to um, what it recommends me based on other things that I've listened to. It doesn't yeah. do a good job of that. Um, and I, they did an update. I used to like it, to be honest with you. They did an update. I don't know if it was the last iOS update or what, but it completely changed it all. Yeah. And what shows up on the screen and what's available. I don't know. I just, this doesn't recommend the right kind of thing for me. Um mm -hmm. Or it leeches onto one little thing. Like I play a song from Blippi for one of the kids and then boom, it thinks that I want to listen to <laughs> everything Blippi's ever put out. Who, by the way, is really prolific. Blippi drops like an album a month. <laughs> Somebody, one parent put out a meme and said it was like, for all the parents out there, I'm just going to say it, Blippi's got some bangers. Oh man. And they're not wrong. Whoever, oh, writes, no. whoever writes the dude's music knows how to write a song because I got listened and I'm like, this is no worse than popular music right now. The best, I will say it time and time again, the best, and I really hope this isn't a code for something racist, but the, but the best kids group that I've seen is Cuckoo Kangaroo, 
which is KKK, but I don't think that has anything to it. Cuckoo Kangaroo. There's these two guys that were clearly... What's that? Christie's comedy classics. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, there are these two guys that were uh, clearly camp counselors, and they write catchy, catchy tunes, and they're prolific. They like they're funny. Like adults find find it funny, but anyway. Um, so that's what I listen to: Cuckoo Kangaroo, Fish, a little bit of the Dead, and um, whatever other crap plays up. My, uh, my kids are like, you should see the stuff my kids are into, man. They listen to like adult music. They like that song, Astronaut in the Ocean. What song is that? It's this hip hop song. Is it? Is it popular? Yeah, it's really popular. Okay. They listen to like, there's all these TikTok songs, you know, because we got to watch TikTok, which is like the worst thing ever. Um, But there's all these TikTok songs now that they listen to. It's crazy. Yeah. But they do like music, so that's good. And they do listen to some fish, which is good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Music is a good thing. Both like Rochelle had, uh, Rochelle was listening to In the Car. She was listening to Deer Creek 95. And the first song is uh, Theme from the Bottom. The opening right. theme from the bottom. Your favorite. And she was like, yeah, it was the best, my favorite one. She's like, we were just grooving. Like the windows were open. The kids were just grooving. So quick little story. Yesterday, I had to run out and do a couple things. And uh, lately that's become the thing with my oldest daughter grace she likes to come with me for a quick little going to get gas i drive out to the reserve and get gas because it's 15 cents cheaper and it's worth it it's close enough so we're going out and we what do you want to listen to blippy okay so we listen to blippy the playlist ends and i said okay what do you want to listen to now i didn't give her multiple choice she said fish music fish music boom um and of course i was listening to super Bowl tweezer it's great we're grooving windows down beautiful day it was awesome it was Lots. great. It was great. So, okay. yeah, it got me in that summer summer tour mode, right? It's still 64 days away, nine weeks from tomorrow by the time people listen to this. So, yeah, that's exciting. Dude, that would be – that's this, man. That's this. It's a blank. It's a blank. We've been locked down for a year and a half. Nine weeks is nothing. Yeah. Well, and really, in what? We got uh, about three and a half, four weeks until Trey's uh, three-night stand at SPAC. So we'll get a little bit of new music soon. Not the same, but – something new nevertheless maybe some new tunes tease some ideas for the tour we'll see i'm just interested to hear for that specifically i'm interested to hear what he has to say like i'm just yeah. i'm interested like what his headspace is at and and you know I'm, i want to hear stuff about tony and mm. Mm. yeah i'm with you okay cool lots to look forward to have fun watching Thursday night. Maybe I'll maybe I'll live blog at you tonight, but I won't spoil anything. So just so we're clear, it's now Wednesday and Thursday night. Oh, watch, yeah, yeah, because the kids are. I'm like the kids aren't the kids aren't home Wednesday night and Thursday, right? They're at my parents' house, so I'm like, yo, let's just watch set one. She's like, okay, let's do it. I'm like, done. There you go. Okay, well, enjoy. I will. Right, have a good week. See you, bud. Right. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.